the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and as promised, okay, we have Dr. Fujin, and Dr. Fujin, I'm going to, I'm having a tough time pronouncing your last name, is it Nezaruglu? That's perfect, yes. Oh, I did good. Well, (laughs) I'm proud of myself. Thank you. Um, And you are the director of the Biobehavioral Institute in Great Neck, um, and a scientific advisory board member of the International OCD Foundation, as well as president of the OCD in New York. And you wrote two important books about hoarding, overcoming compulsive hoarding, and why you save and how you can stop in children of hoarders, how to minimize conflicts, reduce clutter, and improve your relationships. So we have all kind of seen probably the extremes. I don't know, you know, if all our listeners have seen the hoarders or those shows on, but I've seen them, and they are really almost mind-boggling. Um, but I guess there's all different levels of it, correct? That's right. Hoarding can uh, is actually on a continuum. It could be mild or it could be actually quite severe. And I think what we see usually on the television programs uh, – are very, very severe cases, but not all cases are that severe. Right. So I understand that you have a quiz on your website to see if you're a hoarder. That's correct. If your readers want to go to www.biobehavioralinstitute.com and they can go under quizzes and they will see a quiz for hoarding that will assess whether they have hoarding or not. You know, I want you to, if you could repeat that one more time because I'm going to post that. I don't know if everyone's going to get it. So it's it it's www.biobehavioralinstitute.com. Oh, well, for those of you who, if you're driving and you certainly don't want to write this while you're driving, I will post it uh, on our site and I will post it on our Ion Real Estate app so that. You can take the test because I know my friend said my husband collects papers and uh, magazines for like 50 years or 40 years. He's had them. And I said, well, she's probably listening now. So I said, listen, I think there's a test because there's all different levels of it. So how did you how did you get involved with war? You know, how did you get involved with this? I mean, what? Well, my. Um, clinical practice as well as research areas obsess a compulsive disorder and hoarding disorders is now a 
uh, a subset of obsessive compulsive disorder because the individual is really preoccupied with their processions. They think about it all the time. Uh, they have to uh, have it in visually there. They worry that others will take something away when they're not looking or if they're on vacation or if they're hospitalized. Um, something will be thrown away. So they're thinking about it all the time. And then, in addition, they have a compulsion, which is to go and acquire new things. They may either purchase it or they may walk into a grocery store and pick up all the flyers or they may go into a doctor's office and take all the um, cards. They have a need to just possess objects, things, um, and they just can't let it go. They can't discard it. Clothes, okay, it could be anything. Yeah. Doctor, I have a question from Richard from New York for you. Richard, you're on the air. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Uh, okay, good. Uh, I just wanted to point out, I am uh, not a hoarder. I'm a collector. And if it weren't for people like me, there wouldn't be museums. You understand? Or, or, Correct. Uh, so uh, I think um, I uh, have a uh, the difference also between being a collector and a hoarder is how much space you have to put it in. Would you agree? I think there's a lot of differences uh, between collectors and hoarders, actually. Collectors are usually very proud of their possessions. Uh, usually they display their possessions. Uh, it's usually one item or a type of item that they collect. Um, it has value for themselves as well as for others. Uh, so with hoarding, it's very, very dissimilar. People are ashamed. They don't want anybody to see their homes or their cars or their offices. They do not experience pride at all. And it's usually not one item. Uh, it's a lot of what we would consider, most of us, things that are of no value. I understand. Well, I am the consummate collector, but the only difference is that I collect in many, many arenas. And I happen to have a big space upstate that I want to sell. And my question for you, Dottie, uh, is... You keep uh, people uh, in uh, real estate. They make the house uh, for show. Uh, you know, uh, put away Stage, this, put away yes. that, and put away that. Well, uh, the only way I could put away all the things that are personal and things that I've made or collected would be to have another property to put them in. And I don't. So my p- big upstate place, I'm putting on the market with the understanding that the place is loaded with stuff, and anything anybody doesn't want, I'll send to the auction block, and anything anybody wants, I'm going to sell it to them. So I'm not going to stage the place other than it be very, very clean. Well, okay, and I think the doctor also talks about this, but I can tell you, and then I'll let her um, give her response. It's not a matter of that, you know, you you won't eventually take that stuff out or give it away or whatever. It's someone's first impression when they see the property. It won't show as well. Well, when people walk into my place, the first thing they say is, wow. And that, of course, could be taken 
But what is the wow? What is the wow? Is the wow is beautiful or you got so much stuff? It, 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 it's, the place is amazing. I, I, am, I have a bunch of, I'm very entrepreneurial in a number of arenas. And as a collector, I even collect, believe it, I, I'm also an artist, uh, which is actually a third question for you, uh, if I may. Um, I collect every, and, and I make things out of things that I collect, and I collect a lot from salvage. I find things. I live in a rich neighborhood in New York City, and what is tossed here, I needn't tell you, I could decorate one of your condos, okay? <laughs> I know, I'm sure of that. Oh, totally, totally. But let me ask the totally, doctor, don't you, totally. doctor, don't you, going back to Richard's first point about he's trying to sell something upstate, mm-hmm. um, you know. But it's, and it's loaded. Well, I think it's a pragmatic question. I mean, if the real estate brokers feel, regardless of what we may think and, um, and value, if they feel and if your experience long term of trying to sell your home ultimately is that you're having difficulty uh, and the broker feels you should, quote, stage it, then my inclination would be if I'm really motivated to sell my home and I don't want to get rid of my possessions or collections, I would store it away for the time uh, until I can sell my property and then but and then I guess I would have to put those items somewhere else, or exactly. as you said, you would either give it away or you would um, donate it to charity. You would find a, a good place for your collections. So, in other words, go with what the broker suggests when they see the place. Well, I think they're the experts in that particular area, and I'm a firm believer in listening to the experts. Um, oh, I, I I agree. You know, you hire the best. Well, anyway, thank you for your time. The the uh, the only third question I asked, um, because I wear many hats, and one of them is also artist sculptor. Uh, I was wondering, does a does the uh, if a person has an established name and is associated with the house, does that make the property more valuable? Uh, in it a way? might. If, the, if, the, if it's a famous person or somebody that people would know of, uh, it could. Uh, oh, good. Know, many, All many, right, good. Yes. So if you have a famous name, you might want to tell the broker and you might want to put that in. Oh, because, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a big sign and then oh. <laughs> put it on the front lawn. On the front say, lawn, hey, for sure. This is up. <laughs> Keep us posted, Richard. Keep us posted on your progress of what's I going will. on. There. I will. Thank you. I, I, and have, thanks for your time, thank, ladies. And have, have a, a good, good day one. and have a good weekend. Okay. So that was interesting. So I And I agree with you, doctor, that I would obviously take the advice of the broker. Doctor, just in listening to him, can you make a decision about whether it's collecting or? You can't, and we shouldn't, and I don't think that's why he called. I think he just called for some advice, and I certainly wouldn't do that over the phone. Um, but how do you let go of personal shame and guilt associated if you're, like, if you're the child of a hoarder? Um, Children of hoarders are in a very, very difficult predicament, actually. You know, it depends on their age. If they're young or if they're children or adolescents, it's very difficult for them to do anything about it. Um, Often they can't have friends over. They hide it. They don't let uh, people know in school. 
Uh, people generally know because they never have anybody over to their home. Uh, if they're older and they have left the house, often what happens is they either are hoarders themselves or they're the opposite. They don't like uh, they like a sleek home and don't like, uh, you know, to collect things or to have a lot of possessions in their home. But one of the things that's very, very prominent in, in children of hoarders as they grow older is this sense of... Um, of not being loved as much as the possessions. They believe that the possessions were more important for their mother or father than they were, that they were not willing to do something about the state of the home for them, and that they imposed upon the, them the conditions in which they had to live. Right, so they feel like the possessions were more important than their, than their children. Now, again, you know, I, I certainly am not a professional in hoarding and i don't know other than what i see on the on, on on television but it it seems like that seems to be the case sometimes but let me ask you what's the difference i mean when is a house or an apartment cluttered to when it went opposed to hoarding because i guess there's a big difference clutter is one thing and hoarding is something different clutter is Clutter is kind of a lot of objects, um, and you, you know, the space is taken up by many, many things. Uh, and usually, the space that you need to use is usable, meaning your bed is usable, your table is usable to some extent. Whereas in hoarding, most often, fun- what we call functional space, your dining room, your kitchen, your bed, your sofa things that we would use for particular purposes, you're no longer able to. Right, so you're actually taking room. Like as that gentleman said, if you had a, a spare room where you put all your stuff that you collected or stuff in this one room, maybe that's not the same as if you're taking space that you live in or live on, correct? Right. I mean, it would be a form of hoarding because I know people, and that's really interesting, in, in, I mean, in terms of tying this into real estate, certainly, that I'm sure you've had the experience where people, you walk into their home, their home looks perfectly fine, but they don't want to show a particular bathroom. It may be because it's in disarray or maybe, you know, they haven't kept it up, uh, updated it, but often uh, there may be a closet, there might be a room which you are not allowed to look or see. Uh, they may have an excuse, you know, I have an elderly person in there, or I haven't gotten to that room, or whatever it may be. And in reality, that room is where they just shoved everything into. Uh, and, uh, you know, it really is difficult, regardless, for them to sell their property, well, because they cannot get rid of those things either. Yeah, it is, and I... Uh, I was on this television show, I think it was an ABC, and they gave me this listing, which wasn't ours, it wasn't Douglas Elliman, and they said, this has been on the market a year, What go through this property and tell us what you would do. Um, and then when I got through with them filming it live, they said, I'll tell you what, and this was on the spot, that we're going to give you like fifteen or $5,000 in like, say, 15 hours by 4 o'clock the next day, we want you to redo whatever you can redo and the first thing i did was throw half the stuff out we had and then we redid the house you know 
paint and stuff like that. With $5,000, we didn't have a lot. And I have to tell you, the property was on the market, like, I think, over a year, and it sold within three weeks. I believe so it. So it does make a difference. It Absolutely. really does. Absolutely. So, so um, do, do a lot of, do, do you find a lot of kids or families call you for help? Well, because I, I think the people, or do the people themselves? I think that's such an interesting question. I mean, the first part about whether kids can hoard or not. And it's so hard to pick up hoarding in children. And the way to do it is really um, in hidden spots in their room or sometimes in the rest of the house, but often it's in their room. They usually start with picking up little rocks or um chewing gum wrappers or something of that nature, and they start hoarding it and putting it into some kind of container. Uh, I had one little 11-year-old come to me the other day, and the mother, she had this beautiful vase, two vases at her entrance of the home, and she decided to clean the inside of the vase, and she found all these things that she she didn't know where they came from. I mean, there were little rocks. There were chewing gum uh, wrappers. There were paper clips in there, um, little pieces of flowers. And she said, oh, my God, what is this? And then it turns out that her 11-year-old, on her way home every day, would just pick up things that she had seen on the road and would just bring it and put it in the vase. And when the mother said, you know, look, why'd you do that for? She said, I don't know. I just didn't think they should be remaining in the, um, on the road. And she said, okay, well, let's throw them out and don't do that anymore. And the little girl began to cry, and she said, I can't. It took me all this time to collect all this. I don't want to throw it out, Mommy. Wow. So that's when she realized there was something more than just her picking up things. Right. And she quote, yeah, I, I would imagine it's hard because I would, I would think, and, you know, obviously it's an extreme case where you can't, you know, you can't walk on your, you know, your, your bed's covered and your kitchen's covered. Uh, then that's one thing. But there's a lot of cases that are borderline. And I don't know, that sounds, that's a very interesting story because I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily think that's an easy thing to detect in children, especially children. Exactly. And then you hear very often, for example, people are dating. Because I often ask, I go, okay, now you're married 25, 30 years, okay, and it took all this time to accumulate all these things, and gradually the house became more and more cluttered, and you now can't tolerate it, I'll say to the one spouse. Did you have any recollection during your dating time of this going on? And often they'll say, you know, it's kind of strange. Um, Her house was a mess or his house was a mess. He didn't particularly like my coming over there. Some may even say I wasn't really allowed in there uh, into the house or um, didn't really like staying over there. It was always so messy, but it wasn't at the point of hoarding. Um, So it's a very, very gradual process. That's why they, we need an expert like you. Let me have, I have Pauline from Queens. She has a question for you, doctor. Hi, Pauline. I'm not sure if I have a question. I've, I've lived this through my mom. You have. And then my brother and I have some sort of version of it. But it's not because of what Can, you're saying. It's because All right, Pauline, do me a favor. 
I think we have a commercial break. Just hold that for two minutes and we'll be right back. We want to hear about your circumstances or what you experienced. We'll be right back. Eight. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to I on Real Estate, and I'm here with Dr. Fusion Nizaruglu, who is the Director of Behavioral uh, Biobehavioral Institute in Great Neck. She deals with hoarders and uh, compulsive disorders. Um, I have a question from Pauline. Pauline, actually, wasn't a question. You were talking about your experience. Yeah, I um, really don't think I have a question. I have something to share. I think that share, please. I, I've seen it from all aspects. In other words, eventually, I became one. But I was a very after my mother started doing all this. She because she grew up when it was she was very poor. Like she didn't grow up in the depression because she wasn't even in this country, but she had to be on her own. So she learned to save things and you know repurpose things way before all that became you know modern and saving bottles and all that. So you know I I used to be so ashamed, but she never let us have people come over. Not because of that, we were not allowed because we just stuck to our family. But anyway, so my brother eventually he hoarded papers. He's like me. We're very into information. I save everything so that I can share it with other people. But you know what? It's like as my life got more complicated, like I said, when I was young, I just kept my room clean. Everything was like spick and span. And even, I don't know if you know about numerology, I'm a very organized person based on my numerology. And it's funny because it's sort of like, but I'm in Chinese, new, in Chinese animal, I'm a rat. And rats collect pack, you know, like I eventually pack. became that pack rat. But, but did you do that as a child or, or no? No, I mean, no, no. Through my childhood, I had very little. My parents didn't give us much. They didn't have a lot of money, so we didn't have extra things. What I had was school books and stuff and things like that. But I didn't, I was very organized. That's how I became valedictorian. I was very, very... You know, like, I, I had my goals, I focused and everything, so I had my room, was not, I bought whatever money I had, I saved up to decorate my room, and it was the nicest thing that I could have done for myself, so when I got out on my own, we got an apartment, it was empty. I loved the, the zen of being in a, a totally empty apartment, but you know, like you said, as years went by, as my marriage started to deteriorate, or I was not happy, emotionally, things started to pile up, so did the possessions. So did not taking care of things, and then once you start having clutter, it just brings more clutter. It's it's not really so that's it's your experience. Out of control. So so are you so do you have anything to add to that, doctor? Or- I do. I think it's so interesting because um, it reminded me, and I'm glad you brought up your um, story because as you got um, more disillusioned in your marriage maybe you became more and more depressed. And there are different types of hoarders, in my opinion. And people who ultimately um, have end up looking the same, but the reason for the hoarding or for the clutter is different. It may be because you're depressed and you just can't get around to it and you just let go. Everything is an effort and you just can't, um, you know, don't have the energy to organize. Others have attention deficit disorder, and they get, um, 
they can't focus, they can't concentrate, they start a project, they start putting something away, and before you know it, they're on to something else. So they never complete the task, and over time, the clutter and hoarding results. Plus, there's the, there's the ones who actually have fun, who just don't care about taking care of their possessions at home. They just run out, and they just do a lot of things and collect stuff and just forget about cleaning. They don't hire anybody to clean. I could have had a cleaning lady. I didn't want one. I didn't want somebody going through my possessions. Right. I, I like having, I, you know what, when I help, I actually, it's funny, I ended up being a, a feng shui. I learned about feng shui. I started to do this as a business to help people. People kept referring me to people to clean up their space. And it, as, as I did that, they passed away after They knew there was something they needed to clean up in their life. And that sort of scared me so that I said, if I start cleaning up, will I die? That was like in the back of my mind. And wow. I'm like, um, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to clean up so fast if I do it. I just a pattern I started to notice as I helped other people. And people uh, became, all of a sudden, big money came into their life after I helped them clean their space out because I knew where to tell them to clean up. And it's very fascinating. This is what I, it I, is. And I see as I clean up now, because I'm really ready. My husband passed away. All of that energy. In other words, the people living in your house affect you, too. It's not just you. Right. It's like, it's, 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 it's much more complicated. And I'm so glad there well, is an institute for this. It's yes, you should go on the doctor's website. I you, will you look should. at it. Yeah. yeah, you should. You should. Go on Biobehavioral Institute, and you can take the quiz. Also, there's a lot, a lot of information on hoarding on the website, uh, what it is, how it develops, uh, the children of hoarders, what they experience, etc. So there's a lot of info. And we'll post I'm, on my, it. I'm on my path to healing, so it's not like I needed to. I, I, you know what? I eventually started bu- getting books on all this hoarding. You know, it's how to, to let go of clutter. I had the collection now. <laughs> I don't even read it. I just know that I had started collecting those on top well, of everything else. We thank you for sharing with us because, um, the, you know, when somebody calls and shares, there's a million other people that really have gone through the same thing and it's just helpful to hear that other people go through it and obviously if you it's a very emotional process right because if you do for somebody you they will not they will continue to hoard after you clean up their space it's not like exactly that's a very very good point they have to learn to understand and what is the belief what are the attachments what is the what is connected to their possessions because unless they could deal with that they will continue even after a professional organizer comes in where are the roots what yes okay yeah because pauline i've got another question for the doctor so um, go ahead quick yeah, well, the, the possessions people buy, like I go to the thrift store, that energy is still on there from other people. So you're picking up people's emotions as well. It's not even yours sometimes. If you get, like, inherit all this stuff from somebody who died, you right. got their energy. So that's another component. There's a lot more to clearing this it's energy clearing. And I know about this because I'm well, actually doing this now. Thank yeah. you, that's Pauline, basically it. Your... Thank you. Thank you. Have a good that. weekend. Thanks thank for sharing. You. I have Marlene from New York City. Marlene, you have a comment on hi eight six six nine seven zero nine six two two. If you have any questions for the doctors, go ahead, Marlene. 
Yeah, what I wanted to say, it occurred to me regarding Richard, the artist, trying to sell the house, is maybe what he could do is take a, a little time, set aside maybe six months, however he thinks, and maybe forget selling it at the moment, but put ads around or let it be known that he, to various organizations, churches, whatever, that there are things in his house that he wants to sell. He is an artist, so some, you know, that's a good, they may right. like some of them. And that, um, so see what's out there as far as interest in his stuff, because that's a great idea. Realize, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, because when people come to look at the house, when he is going to sell it, they're there to look at the house. They're not there to say, oh, okay, I like that. You know, these may be very organized people who don't want anything extra in their life. But it's just something that occurred to me that he could just put the feelers out around his community um, and neighboring places, whatever, and maybe people would love some of his stuff, and maybe he can say, I think, Marlene, know, that's a great idea, that before he puts the house on the market, that he lets people know, com- you know, churches, communities, civic associations, and maybe people will buy some of the stuff, and he will find himself with a much less cluttered house. I think it's a great idea, yeah, and I'm sure and that- he's listening, and... I'm sure that that's, I think that's a wonderful idea. I wouldn't have thought of it myself, but that's a great idea. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad glad you called and shared. That is a great idea. The main point also is it gives him an idea. He may find nobody wants anything, and that's that's his, then he finds out nobody wants it. So anyway, thanks so much, Dottie. Wonderful show. Thanks, Marlene. Have a great weekend. I have Marie from New York City for the doctor. Marie, you believe you're a hoarder. Is that what you think? Uh, yeah, I, I think you know. I don't think I'm a clutter. I'm, I'm beginning into the beginnings of hoarders. This is a few years now. Um, I don't know what kind of pointer, so he can she can give me. Uh, I do start something, and when I started, I get my heart into it, but then I stop. It might be uh, ADT or maybe just uh, procrastinating, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I live in a private home, and my landlord came in. and He said, How, "What is all this? You can't do this. You know, you better clean in a week, or else you know." Uh, and he said it's a fire department. He goes, and that, that, that thinking that a fire could start and then sometimes it can't get in. I'm not to the point where I see a lot of I, I watch a lot of hoarders on YouTube and all that. Uh, but I've been I, but what I've done in the past is buy stuff. I said I was going to travel to Florida. I never did. Uh, thinking my landlord was going to come in here, and I, I have bags with new stuff. I, I don't hoard old so stuff. So the first thing to do is just to stop acquiring. That's what we tell people. Before you even get to the point of, you know, giving your things away or clearing it up, don't bring anything more into the house. And that's really, really hard. We do what we call acquisition trips. So we go with the individual who has a hoarding tendency or is a hoarder, and we go to their favorite store, and we get a card, and we go down the aisles, and we look at the items they love to purchase, and we put the items into the card, and we think about bringing it home, and then we leave that card, and we walk away. And so you have to, you may not be able to do a whole card, but you may start with few things that you would ordinarily pick up and bring home and just really practice leaving it and not bringing it home. Practice not picking up a flyer or whatever your particular compulsion may be. Don't engage in it and come home with nothing. And then you can begin to see um, what in your home you have and then what would be the easiest things for you to either throw away 
or to uh, put together in a bag and to immediately, not to leave it in your basement or in a room, but immediately to go with that bag and either donate it or put it into a Goodwill box or someplace. Does that answer your question, Marie? Uh, yes. How do I start? They say because I feel so overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. I feel oh, it's going to take me a whole day. I'm not going to do all right. it all. This is. Hold so on, how do Marie, I start? Because, all right. Give us. A, we have a quick commercial break, and Al, stay on the line. We're going to get to you. Uh, Marie, we'll be right back with uh, the doctor. Uh, and I have to give you the website again, which I will as soon as we come back from the break. You're listening to Ion Real Estate, and we're talking about hoarding uh, with a expert, a Dr. Nizarugu. Woo, right? Say that again. I, I'm getting it. Um, so interesting. 866-970-9622. We'll be right back. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. So interesting. We are on with Dr. Fujin Nizarugalu and Director of Biobehavioral Institute. We don't have much time, so I want to finish all these questions. Um, Marie, you are on the line, and you were talking that you believe... You're a hoarder, and the doctor gave you some things that you might do. And I think your question was right before the break: Where do you start? Was that it, or uh, it, sometimes I want to do something, but I feel there's so much. I said, "How?" I think it, for me, it takes me a long time to do something. So I don't know why. And I look at something. I says, "There's so much. Where do I start? How do I start?" I have you start I in a very small stuff. area. So you take what you want, whether it's your bed or a dining room table or a corner of the room, and that's all you concentrate on. You don't go to other sections. You just stay in one little area. So if it's, as I said, let's say it's your bed. On your bed, you take all the the things that might be on it from magazines to eyeglasses to gloves to books to um, the remote control whatever it may be stacks of clothes and then you decide which you're going to give away which ones you're going to keep and what you're going to um, actually attend to right away so there might be a bill that needs to be paid that goes into a little box that needs immediate attention the eyeglasses we're going to keep, and that's going to go into your bedroom in a drawer. The gloves are going to go in a drawer. Uh, you have magazines that are from the you know ten years ago. Those are going to be thrown out if you can. Uh, if you can't, then you throw out those that are at least ten years and keep those that are for five years in uh, in a stack somewhere, and you throw out immediately the ones that are very, very old. So you decide what you can discard, what you can give away, what needs immediate attention, and what you're going to save, but just work in one area at a time. Does that help, Marie? Yes. I was wondering if you have any seminars that come up like that in uh, in, in, uh, in the New York area, Tri-State area, somewhere that we can go or anything. Yes. Uh, I don't think anybody 
Huh? Yes, we will have a, a conference uh, that's going to be open to the public. We're going to do it during OCD Awareness Week, which will be the third week of um, October. If anyone who's listening to the program and wants to come, there's a whole week in which we do free seminars, free dissemination of information throughout the tri-state area as president of the OCD Foundation. Uh, we have a lot of charity events, so please feel free to call or to sign up through our website, or you can call 516-487-7116 and put your name, give us your email address, and we'll be in touch with you to let you know about all the upcoming events on, on hoarding and other OCD spectrum disorders. Thank you, doctors. Give me that number one more because I want to post it. Um, you know, sure. W- 516-487-7116. That's Biobehavioral Institute. And they can call, give their e- name and email, and they will get information about all lectures, conferences. We have um, an event on October 16th at the Americana Shopping Center, Tory Birch. All proceeds, everything will be on sale. All proceeds will go to OCD and research on this area. Thank you so much. And I will post all well, this. It's bio, B-I-O, behavioral, B E. H A V I O R A L I with an institute dot com. Okay. And doctor, thank you so much. You've been most informative and I will post this for anybody who didn't catch the website on my site. Uh, I will also have it. um, You can listen to this or pieces of it. If you download Ion real estate at the app store, it's free. Thank you, Dottie. Thank you so much. Thank you. You were wonderful and informative. And thank you so much. We really appreciate it. There's a lot of people with, uh, you know, some form of that problem, and it's a tough one to get out of. I know, um, I think we don't have too much time, but I have a question from Al. Um, Hi, Al. Good morning. Close to afternoon. How can I help you? We love your show, first of all. Oh, thank um, you, Al. And I have a real estate question, but I just have to say, my sister is a hoarder. It is one of the most frustrating, maddening things you you could possibly deal with, but that's not why I call. It's tough, Um, right? It's tough. Yeah, it's very tough. It's very, very tough to deal with. It's like almost impossible. Anyway, my wife and I, you know, we're really, really excited. We finally are in a position where we're buying a condo in Manhattan. And we want a, a new construction because we just want something fresh. And so, you know, we've been looking around and um, we noticed, a, I don't know if you read this, an article in the Post where a, 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 I can't remember from what network, but like a famous reporter bought a new construction and she bought it and it was advertised with a terrace and a view. And according to the Post, there's no, no terrace, no view. And she had to buy the apartment. How do we protect ourselves? from buying something that's advertised with things, and then the, the things aren't there. And, uh, well, well there's two different questions. I think, the, I, mean, I think, Al, there's two different questions. Um, one is that they might have advertised it incorrectly, which is one problem. But um, I'll ask Jerry, I don't think if you go see the, 
the place and you see that they really don't have that, that you're forced to buy it, right, Jerry? Or- yeah, are you are you buying pre-construction on what we call plans and specs before it's been it's built? It's new construction. We can't, like, at the, the things we've looked at, we can't see the units. They're not okay. done. You only get right. to see a model. Oh, and right. It's called, it's called plans and it's called yeah. plans and Are you specs. familiar with that? Thing? Did you read it in the post? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, um, I, I know. It, it, I, yeah, I know the article that you're talking about. But the, you know, the oh, issue okay. is the issue is this: there, whenever you're in a marketing situation, sometimes uh, an agent might be talking about a particular unit, and then you start looking at a different unit in plans and specs, and there could be some level of confusion. For example, with with the terrorist situation, there's no question. That if you look at the floor plan in the offering plan, which every offering plan of new construction has to have a detailed floor plan, it's going right. to show the terrace. And if right, right. you were careful about what you were doing, you would look and say, okay, well, that sounds nice. Let me see the floor plan. And you would see, and if you looked at it and there was no terrace, you would say, well, why isn't the terrace here? You said there was a terrace. So it's, it's got to be right. depicted in that there's lots of protections for consumers when they're buying on plans and specs, I mean, it's, it's, it is hard to visualize sometimes um, what it's going to look like. And oftentimes people, when it gets delivered, say, gee, it feels smaller. But, you know, you have to go by the, the, the floor plans and the offering plan. And that's what they have to deliver subject to what we call, you know, de minimis um, modifications for site conditions. So if it's, so you know. When it, mm-hmm. So when it gets to the point, if I choose something, can, I could back out and not lose my 10% deposit, like, if, if that's the case. In, in the article, it said that, like, it said it was advertised with a terrace, and there was no terrace. I mean, how did, how did people do this? You know? uh, again, I, I can't, I, I'm sure that the offering plan did not show the terrace, and that's the why they were able to do that. So you have I to... I can't remember the, the, who it was, or the reporter, but I, and I think it was Douglas Edelman. I think mm. it was, but... Well, I mean, without regard to who the broker was, because we don't know all the facts, you know, you have to look at the floor plan. That's going to dictate what's going to be delivered. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, the, yeah, there's no way that a floor plan... And I that, you know, I, I, I'll try to find the article so that we can... Um, I'll, I'll try to look it up. But when you... I think, as Jerry said, there's a lot of units and buildings. So, uh, a new, so you're buying off a plan. And, you know, you have to be a... Uh, so if you if you if they advertise a unit, it doesn't mean that's the unit that you're buying, or that could be taken and they says selling you something else. But as right, Jerry right. said, before you sign anything, you have to get a plan that shows everything on it. And if it didn't have a terrace, the plan wouldn't have a terrace on it, um, because if you put ten percent down and they gave you an apartment that did not have it, then the builder would have to rescind that i would I, yeah, Absolutely. they would yeah Absolutely. so 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 i think um yeah no I, 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 you know it's like i think maybe they advertise their, their, some of their best apartments right, and then right. people come in and they don't maybe sometimes it's too much money or they'll see what else they have or sometimes mm-hmm. they'll advertise some of their not great apartments mm-hmm. and some that are not as great and somebody comes in and says eh, i don't really like that one but you have anything else and they look and they'll see a better unit that they like so kind of i i'll look for the article because i didn't read it but i'll look and i'll you know and i'll make sure to address it i promise but i i think that's probably what happened because you could not could not, not be you could not buy get, that if it wasn't yeah you can't offering. get forced to buy something if it was um if you got the offering plan and it didn't have it on it. So that's the answer. 
right, Al? It's it's scary because you know when you buy something that's already there, you walk in, you see, and then and then I I read this kind of stuff, and then I think, okay, so when I close, you know, if if it's not exactly that way, I'm like, you know, will they keep my ten percent? It's just scary. That's all. Well, no, listen, it's always easier to find know exactly what you're buying when you're looking at a plan. You don't know the exact location. You have to guess where that location is. You have to guess if it's sunny, if it's not sunny, what it faces. So, but you're usually getting a dis. It's usually discounted. It's usually less money when you're buying off a plan. But it's not for everybody. But I will tell you this: whatever they promise you in the plan, they have to deliver. Whatever. They, okay. So whatever they promise in the plan. Yes. So, yes. Listen, I love your show. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Al, and have a great weekend. Don't get too wet. Um, I think we had a, a really interesting show today, and uh, we'll be back next week. Stay warm, and I don't know if you can stay dry, but try. Bye, everyone. See you next week. Be with you next week. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.